Hi, welcome to Crafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. I'm your host, Stephanie Pavlantos. Today I have Britt Mooney with me, and Britt is an author and a writer. Um, I see you've written for many publications and, and all sorts of things. And so you've, and I'll give you a chance to talk about that, but you've been a missionary in um, the Republic of Korea. You were a church planter at one time, but you're a podcaster and you're a mentor for creatives. Um, so welcome to my program today. Thanks. It's, it's good to be here. I love I love the topic. And, and I know there's, you know, there's a wide range of where people land on these things. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, but I love I love the topic. I, I love reaching into kind of the depths of just stuff that that a lot of people don't they just seem to skip in the old testament you know what i mean it's it's and 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 that's how i grew up and with you know some you know you get the you hit the highlights of the old testament maybe but um just you know the more i dig into the old testament the more i just i see just that just the overarching mm-hmm. connection um like i was like we were saying before just the one the one story and all the influences um you know, and as you just, you do more, mm-hmm. it just, it just becomes, you know, so much bigger. There's so much more to learn. So mm-hmm. anyway, so I, yeah. I love, I love being on here and, and, and getting to talk about this stuff. Yeah. And we kind of go to some of the same writing conferences. I know you're going to yes, be ma'am. in the Florida conference and um, mm-hmm. I think I'm be scheduled there? to be on your podcast. <laughs> oh yeah. Good. Yeah. 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 You are. Uh, that's right. You are. Yeah. So that'll be fun. And then um, like, you know, you have a book out called We Were Reborn for This. Yep. And you can talk a little bit about that maybe towards the end. But we, um, I get the feeling you can talk about scripture all day and I'm pretty much the same way. <laughs> One of the subjects yes. that we talked about was the connections between the Old and New Testament. You even talked about some of the ways that you, your mind and your beliefs have sh- shifted so maybe you can um, unpack some of those things for us and we'll just get the ball rolling. Yeah, no, I think that's great. So just my story with this uh, kind of began in, I was maybe 15, 16. And, you know, I, I grew up in a very somewhat normal evangelical Southern conservative sort of church and and so i knew a lot of the old bible stories and you know the old testament bible stories and a lot of the narratives and you know the the scripture was really highlighted as very important you know like it was you know for a lot of people kind of somewhat fundamentalist but not as much as you might think but anyway so but the the beginning shift for me was when i when i was about 16 and my pastor invited someone to come in uh, who's a Messianic mm. Jew, and we did a full Seder okay. in, at the church. Like that was our yeah. church potluck sort of time. But it, but it wasn't a potluck. It was this Messianic Jew going through the Seder, mm. kind of going through what happened the night before Jesus died. Mm. And, and just going through all of these, all the, all the, the symbolism and what it originally meant and, and how Jesus was sort of reframing Passover. And, you know, growing up, 
I remember very clearly being very deathly afraid of getting grape juice on the carpet when we were doing communion. Like, I mean, I was, I mean, that's, you know, this kind of, just to let you know what kind of kid I was, I was very capable (laughs) of making a big mess. And, and my mother was like, do like, she let me do the whole communion thing, but she was like, you, if you, you know, like there was that look that, you know, (laughs) that, that mom look. And even the under the breath, if you spill that, I will kill you. Um, you know, which is what you uh-huh. want in church, obviously. <laughs> but um, no, but my mother is is amazing. But that just tells you what kind of kid I was, mm-hmm. right? And and just sort of the so so for me there was communion. So uh, and I don't know how many people are. are I, mean, I guess more people maybe know it now. But growing up. Like I knew about Passover because I watched the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston, <laughs> right? And I and I knew, uh, and and I knew, of course, because that's the authority, communion. yeah, <laughs> right, exactly. Um, and I knew about communion, mm-hmm. but to see, like, oh, he wasn't starting something totally new. He was reframing this idea. He was he was saying, no, this is actually me. Mm-hmm. This whole, the lamb is me, like the bread is me, the, the wine is me. Like he was, he was, he was saying there, there's a deeper revelation in this. Mm-hmm. It's not just an old story that's kind of cool about deliverance that, that, uh, that God did something amazing, right? With the people of Israel. And that is truth that, 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 that never goes away. And so that kind of began this sort of, opening of my mind to like and my and my pastor generally did a great job when I was around that age um through my maybe around the age of 20 um pastor John Taggart he did a great job of when he told the stories and we read through the stories of the new testament of the gospels he was able to kind of bring in what the culture would have interpreted mm-hmm. right, right like what what would they have understood right. for him to yeah. say and 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 why was this such a offensive thing for him to say no you're not children of god you're children of you're not even children of abraham you're children of the devil like why was that so offensive to right. them so he did a good job of kind of bringing some of these ideas out and and so that just kind of started me on this path of looking at the old testament not just for cool battle stories because i'm a boy uh and so you know for me it was like david was awesome and he kills goliath right and, like and or or or, or what or even disturbing things you know there's disturbing stuff Ooh, there in, is yeah. in, in the new but 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 there but there's something there's some there there's there's something deeper mm-hmm in the old testament that isn't expressly stated oftentimes mm-hmm. and 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 passover being one example of this sort of idea of like no passover happened and that was a reality mm-hmm. and that was cool and that was truth but then there's they're not in competition but then there's another mm-hmm. there's another reality that jesus brings out mm-hmm. you know the whole the whole thing of the, the veil is lifted from their eyes in Christ. Like there's a whole other vision um, that you can see because of the Holy Spirit and 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 seeing it through those eyes. So I just started to do that. And over time, uh, you know, and and I also my mentor when I was more more in my 20s, um, his son 
was really into the whole messianic Jew thing. So, so we were, so we had a lot of discussions and mm -hmm. we would, you know, just kind of go back and forth and read through things and sort of talk about these ideas. And, uh, and one kind of final thing I'll say about this is because Jesus, I love Jesus. That's good. <laughs> um, that's always, that's the core of everything right. to me. Mm -hmm. So for me, the love of Jesus and being able to see Jesus in the Old Testament made me love the mm -hmm. Old Testament. Oh, I know. And, and, and I don't know if that makes no, I, sense. I'm right people. there with you. I think it's the coolest but, thing. And again, I love the Ten Commandments and I love the stories of David, but I, I would skip Leviticus like everybody. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm just yeah. telling you, there's a yeah. whole, there, and there's whole, there's whole, you know, uh, there's all sorts of problems with the way we view the old testament you know like oh the old testament is a god of he's angry right and but he's a loving god and like the, so some of these ideas you start to really dig into it you go no this isn't true mm -hmm. like that's not the god of the old testament isn't angry right. like, he's he gets angry uh, but when you see in context what the prophets were saying mm -hmm. You're like, well, of course he was angry. They were killing children and sacrificing right. them, to, you know, to idols. He's like, he's like, okay, that's enough. Yeah. Uh, right. you, like I did, I didn't deliver you from Egypt to do this stuff. Right. Right. Um, and, and so, so when you start to see this stuff, you, you, I started to fall in love more and more. And I started to read the, I started to read the Bible chronologically instead of because, you know, Hosea just seems like out in the middle of nowhere and you don't really understand Hosea until you're like, oh, this is what's happening right. in context of history. And I was a history major first. And so that helps me. So all of that kind of together made me just fall in love mostly seeing Jesus, but also seeing it in context of, of it was always about God's mm -hmm. love. And, and, and yes, it was more clearly expressed through Jesus, but, um, but, and it was kind of transformed, uh, fulfilled, transformed. That's what that word uh, means when Jesus says, I, I came not to abolish law, but to fulfill it. That was a, a transformative word. Like I'm fulfilling it, making it new and something different, like a caterpillar to a butterfly. Uh, that doesn't mean the caterpillar wasn't real, but it's like, no, this is what was always kind of meant to be. Um, anyway, so all of that to say, when you start to see some of that, I just fell in love with it. And I remember talking with my cut, my brother-in-law, we were, we had a family, we were away as a family in the mountains and, and he was in his early twenties, mid twenties. And we were sitting there talking about the scripture and I was just, you know, excited about the scripture like I am now. And, and he was like, man, I'm just having the hardest time reading through the old Testament. And, and I just looked at him and I said, I said, Jesus says in John 5, 39 and 40, you search the scriptures because you think in them you have eternal life. Mm. But these are the scriptures that testify about me. Right. And, but you wouldn't come to me so that you would have eternal life. And I said that, and I said, he was not talking about the New Testament in John 5. He was talking about the Old Testament. New Testament wasn't around. No, I, the New Testament wasn't around. Now they wrote the New Testament for a reason, 
because there was more of that revelation right. that I'm talking about that needed to be explored exactly. as a fulfillment sort of thing. But, but it didn't exist when Jesus was saying this. Mm -hmm. I said, so, so when he says this, he's saying that from Genesis one through one, one through Malachi, whatever, it's talking about me. Right. Period. Right. Exactly. And, and I said, so I know your struggle and I've had that struggle. And the only way I could get through Leviticus was, was it's like a mystery. Mm -hmm. The Bible talks about mysteries and, and, and how God shows hidden things. If you seek them out, mm -hmm. you know, and, and there's a reason why like mis the mystery genre is like the second most money-making genre in the world. Like there's romance, yes. you know, uh, and then there's like right under it is mystery. Like we love to seek out mysteries. We love to discover things. Right. And that's why Jesus spoke in parables. He said, I don't, I'm not talking in parables so that they understand. I'm actually talking in parables to confuse them. So they'll say, what does that mean? And the people who really care will ask the right questions. Mm -hmm. And, 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 and because we love a good mystery and, and because when we, when we figure it out and we discover it on our own, we have, we feel ownership, right? We right. own that. We exactly. own it. And I, as, as a teacher, my wife's a, an amazing teacher and I was a teacher. Like that's good teaching. Uh -huh. Good teaching is not telling them the answers mm -hmm. is setting them up so that they find the answer themselves. And then, and so what I told my brother-in-law was, I said, if you look for Jesus in every word of the Old Testament, you'll love it. Mm -hmm. If you love Jesus, you'll love it. Great and point. that, and then like, it was like a year or two later, he came to me and he was like, Britt, it transformed the way mm -hmm. I, I read the Old Testament. It, it totally changed. Wow. Everything. That's awesome. That's so. awesome. And I agree wholeheartedly because, you know, it's funny because, you know, I go to bed last night. And I, I teach this weekend. And so, um, I had the title, I, I kind of like not title, but I had the subject matter of what I want to teach on, but I didn't know where to start. And I was kind of just doing other things and trying to like keeping it at the back of my mind. Okay. I need to get something done on paper, some order to these thoughts. And I lay down in bed, you know, 11 o'clock and, and it's like the Lord starts like giving me this whole download and I'm just like, mm. really now, now you give me <laughs> the download. Um, and so I just like got out of bed. <laughs> I'm like, well, I've got to write this stuff down because I'll never remember by tomorrow. I'll forget. And here I am, I'm doing this study because I'm going to be teaching on the feast and, um, mm, so good. Yeah, and I was going to just specifically talk about the Sukkot. So the feast of tabernacles, but it was like as Lord's downloading, he's just like, here's the Old Testament part and here's the New Testament part, but here's how they're all related. Here's how mm -hmm. they, there's all this crossover and you you even mentioned that, like connections. And, and I was like, oh, this is so cool. I've got to write it down. I have to understand. So he just took what was in my head, what I already knew, and just started drawing the connections for me. And, but... I'm up until two in the morning studying Exodus like 19 through 34, you know, <laughs> and I'm just like trying my best to, to put it all together in just in my own mind. So I understand the order of everything and, and then reading things where he kept mentioning, I mean, this conversation between the Lord and Moses 
And he'd be mad. Like you said, he'd be angry. But then Moses is like, no, take my life. Don't take their life. And you see this passion, you know, of Moses coming out. And it's the same passion that Jesus had for his people. Oh, yeah. You know, and so when you see that Moses, like, you know, Jesus is a prophet like Moses, you see the similar passions like, no, take my life, not theirs. And and then you see God relenting and God first God saying, no, I won't go with you. I'm going to send you to this land and I'm not going with you. And he's like, (laughs) no, but we can't go without you. And it's like, oh, my goodness, there's so much drama here, but there's so much. It's no different than what we do. It's no different than the conversations mm. we have with the Lord, but seeing it all play out in scripture the way it does, it's just, um, and then he kept saying, I'll send an angel with you. Well, that angel is Jesus. It's not an angel as we think of an angel. It's, it's God's God in human form. All you know, sending him with you. So it's really cool. Amen. Um, and I, and I totally get it. It's like seeing those connections, seeing the Messiah in, the old Testament is what makes it come alive for you. Yeah. And, and again, like I'm saying that there's, it's valid in and of itself to a degree. Right. I mean, you know, like, like God's work was God's work at that time. And, but God hasn't changed, you know, uh, the promise to Eve, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, of, uh, you know, your seed, you know, will crush his head. Uh, you know, like that, that was before Abraham and Moses. Right. I mean, that was, I mean, but, but again, it, it's, it's expressing itself through different, to, to real people, through different things that, diff- that happened in different levels of revelation mm-hmm. all the way through. And just seeing that connection to me, because I'm a history major, that's one, but it's just, you know, I love that part, but it's also, it also shows me that I'm part of a bigger story. I'm part of something that's bigger than even just the last 2000 years. Like I'm part of a, a, an eternal sort of expression of redemption that, that, that was birthed. The Bible says before the foundation of the world, he was crucified before the foundation of the world. Like this is, a, this is bigger than, than any of us and 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 so just seeing it, it helps me trust him because you know just like most of us and a lot of the people in old and new testaments right we go through hard things we go through hard times and 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 realizing no i'm part of a bigger story i'm part of something bigger helps us in the moment right it helps us in the moment to have those sort of that sort of perseverance that you know, the writer of Hebrews talks about in Hebrews 11, right? You know, they, they, Abraham, you know, was seeking a different country. Um, yes, he was seeking the promised land, but there was a, there was a, actually a, another country. He was really, uh, and Moses was too. Like these, these people were, were seeing something. Right. The, the gospel was preached mm-hmm. to Abraham. And like, uh, and and and, they, and so like these writers of the New Testament say this stuff, and you're like, what the heck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, if you don't have no, if you have no frame of reference for this, you're like, I thought the gospel was. But see, I see, and 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 you know, you talk about how did it shift my thinking? 
you know, and I, I'm, I'm trying to trigger people here. But when I was growing up, the gospel was, you don't want to go to hell, do I know. you? So say this prayer for God to forgive you of your sin, and then you won't go to hell. You'll go to heaven instead. And I'm not saying those things aren't true to some degree, but that's not the gospel Jesus preached. Mm-hmm. Right. It isn't. That Now, you being forgiven of your sin is a part of the gospel that Jesus preached, but the gospel that Jesus preached is repent for the kingdom of God is here and coming yes. both. It's it's happening. And, and if you don't know what the Old Testament, because nowhere in the New Testament do they describe what this is. They don't describe what the kingdom is. They just assume you right. know. Because those people so did. You know, they did. Because those people did. It, it, you know what it says about Paul? Paul. So for me, part of it is that is that discovery of the gospel of the kingdom mm-hmm. and realizing that that the and, and when you and when you understand the gospel of the kingdom, the New Testament makes more sense. Because if you don't if you don't understand the gospel of the kingdom, if you think, well, it's just about forgiveness. And believe me, we need forgiveness. Right. Don't b- believe me. There, it's in. It's in there. But, but if you think that's all it is, then there's a lot of scripture of the New Testament that you got to either explain away or you just don't get. Yeah, I yeah. Because because the the context is Daniel, the context is Isaiah, mm. the context is is an understanding of there's there's a day of the Lord coming. And I don't even know how many times the Old Testament says in that day, mm-hmm. the day of the Lord, like <laughs> how many times it says this. Right. This day is coming when God is going to set everything back to how he wants it I to know. be. And in fact, it's going to be even greater than what we had in the Garden of mm-hmm. Eden. It's going to be a more amazing than that. I know you, 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 you flubbed it up, mm-hmm. but my redemption, that's one of the things I love about God. And he does it in the old Testament and the new. He's like, I know you messed this up, but I'm going to give you something mm-hmm. better if you'll come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who does I know, that? I know. Like, like again, like you totally disobeyed. You mis- totally rebelled, but yet I'm still going to give you something. But if you come back, I'll give you even better than what you had right. before, than, than what you lost. Mm-hmm. Anyway, but that gospel of the kingdom, if you don't start seeing it in the Old Testament, right. I did a whole series on my, my podcast and how the theology of Daniel is the theology of the New Testament. The theology of Daniel is the theology of the New Testament mm-hmm. because of Daniel's focus on the coming kingdom. Right. And what it was going to be, and 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 by the way, also the living as living under oppression, living under empires, but standing firm and faithful under under an oppressive regime, which was Rome, mm-hmm. right? So, which is the context of the whole New Testament, mm-hmm. um, and you could say the religious you know, corrupt leaders right. of, of Judaism at the time as well. Like the, uh, that oppression mm-hmm. 
that that Daniel never became king like David did. Like Daniel won without ever becoming like the power. You know, he you know he had power in a certain sense. But my point is, is that that sort of element of the New Testament of of no, this isn't you're going to live the kingdom reality and authority in a way without without worldly authority mm. because the kingdom authority is greater and daniel shows this and so all of that say like that like but if you don't see that in daniel you don't realize that these people who are writing the new testament most of them jews although a gentile did write a big portion of it um but it's interesting because in some ways, Luke is even more Jewish sometimes. Well, he's actually a Hellenistic Jew um, because he had a Greek name, but he he probably grew up in Greece yeah. or around there. But he but he knew too much about the temple and, and everything to totally be well, Gentile. Well, he hung out so, with yeah. Paul. So, uh, so <laughs> yeah, and did. Paul, and Paul <laughs> found it. I mean, if you look at Paul's letters to the Gentiles gentile quote-unquote churches ephesus and these places mm-hmm. he's he's talking about the old testament like they should just know what he's talking about because right. he did tell them about it like he did tell them mm-hmm. about did. the background and that that was the scripture that they had they had the pentateuch and all, i'm not the pentateuch um they had the yeah Septuagint. they had that that was kind of what they had and so that's what he used and then of course you know but uh but my point about the gospel of the kingdom is is when you when you start to see this you start to it 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 all comes into into play and you realize that that this apocalyptic nature especially in the in the prophets of the old testament it it makes revelation make sense it makes like you see like in revelation you're like oh that was in Zechariah and Daniel and like he's he's using the song of Moses and he's like he's pulling this John guy who's Jewish right he's pulling in a language and and God is is showing him this is all revelation about himself and he's showing him these things in Jewish Mm -hmm. language and 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 right. I want to be clear. I, you don't need to know all of this stuff to be saved, <laughs> okay? Right. Now, just be clear about that. I know people. I mean, you know, I, I know people who are missionaries in India, and it's like, you know, they don't even have a Bible in there. You know, like they're, they're doing stuff, and you're like, well, that's legit. I'm just saying that that if we want to, but but there is a discipline that is scriptural about getting into and having a discipline of truth of learning of studying to 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 have a a better grasp of of the gospel that we are teaching and preaching so and the reason why we do that is so that when there are false gospels we can say hey that's really not it that's not and, and and that's why paul is like look that's not the gospel. You know, you, you putting, right. you know, if anyone preaches any other gospel than the one I gave you, you know, like, no, there's really just this one. Yes. And, but this was the guy who, one of my favorites, well, recent, more recent favorites is at the end of Acts when he's in house arrest, it says, you know what he talked about? 
only, he talked about the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. To anyone who would come to him, he talked about the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. And again, it's like, if we're going to understand what Paul wrote about, shouldn't we understand what he would have thought of and what he would have taught as the kingdom of God, which was really clearly expressed in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. which included the, the, the inclusion of the Gentiles and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's all in there. And anyway, so I, I get passionate about it because I love truth. And, 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 and I right. love seeing it's, I love seeing the, the scope that, that it's not, it's not that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I tell people God is God, God's not, he don't, he never does one thing. One thing that he does has eight different connections that you see maybe. And then he's mm-hmm. also got probably a billion, like this is all, it's all interconnected. We're going to get, we're going to get to that next age. We're going to get to that kingdom, that heavenly kingdom, that new heaven, new earth. And, and we're going to see how interconnected everything was. I believe that with all, mm-hmm. with all my heart. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh no, I and, believe you. I, I totally so, agree. So. Because Christ was at work the whole time. <laughs> he was at work the whole time. Um, and mm-hmm. so well, there's there's many great points you made. So I, I just want to go back to a couple of those things, because besides prophecy, what can we learn from Daniel? We can we can learn, like you said, about the kingdom. He lived in a very pagan yes. kingdom who tried to keep him. I mean, there's many people around the world who are following Messiah who live in pagan kingdoms, you know, who live in. I mean, you are a missionary. You you know all about that. So it's do this or die type of situation. And and you know what can they learn from Daniel? They can learn that hey, there were other people in the Bible who did that. They they stood for what they believed. God either intervened or He took them out of that world, you know, and and took them to a better place. Um, and so I think that there's so many things that we can identify with as we read the old testament just like you said about hebrews you know 11 i mean you see that he go in they go into a list the author goes into a list of the people who Mm, mothers who lost their children and their husbands and and um but are taken to a better kingdom a better city and and the violent ways they died and we don't want to talk about those you know we don't want to think about that because it's way too easy to imagine it um but there's so much, there's so many evil types of, of kingdoms that we see played out with either a good king and then an evil mm-hmm. king and, and yeah. all of that. But even what you were talking about is your place in the kingdom. And, and you know, that can be very comforting to somebody because we always feel small in this community we live in. So like if we go to a conference, like we've been at, you know, the Blue Ridge conference, there's, there's 500 or more people who Mm. go there and you're like, how do I even stand out here? (laughs) And you, you can sometimes feel that way in the kingdom of God. How do I stand out? How do I play a part? I'm unimportant, but yet the Lord knows who you are. He's gifted you uniquely for the time and place that you live. And everything he's gifted you with, he's equipped you to live in your community and to be a voice and a hand and hands and feet for him. Amen. 
And so you are important in his kingdom, no matter how small you think your part is. I mean, you know, we have people, you know, let's face it. I mean, some of the problems we have in our culture is based on our identity of mm. ourself. And and it's all about yep. that. And, and when you see yourself as important in God's kingdom to this creator who created everything, and you can see yourself as important to him and his kingdom, that should fill you with joy. That should fill you with promise and hope. Yes, uh, yeah, absolutely. And 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 the New Testament brings this out, right? Mm-hmm. Like they mention Rahab by name several times, not just one of them, not just one right. writer, several writers. I think three of them, right, separately mention mm-hmm. Rahab as a person of faith. And you're like, right. what? Why are they mentioning Rahab in the same sentence with Abraham? Because they want to show mm-hmm. us that God's redemption, because the promise to Abraham was through you and your seed, I will bless all nations. And that seed being Christ, not seed being many, but seed being one who is Christ. And so they're trying to show us that it's not against the Old Testament that this is happening. This is actually a part of the Old Testament. One of my favorite stories recently, and I, you know, I haven't talked about it with you all the time because we're just having this conversation, but uh, people around me are probably tired of hearing of hearing about it. But Ruth is one of my favorite stories. Ruth, oh, yeah. now let's see, again, you gotta, if you see this stuff, it, it just, it starts, the story starts to come alive. But the people of Moab as a people were cursed by God. God literally cursed them. Moses told them, don't let Moabites in the country. Don't even let them in the country. Right. And you definitely don't let them in to the, to, to the tabernacle. Like they don't get to be a part of you because the king of Moab wouldn't let you guys run through and blah, 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 blah. And, and, and what's one of the promises to Abraham? People who curse you, I will curse them. And God does it. (laughs) Again, it's all interconnected. He's not making this up as he goes. It's all a plan. Here you have Mm -hmm. this woman, Ruth, who is a Moabite and Naomi for comfort's sake runs to Moab, the cursed nation, with her husband and ends up just because there's a famine in the land of Israel or whatever. I mean, there's 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 problems. So she's like, well, you know, we got to eat. So she runs to a cursed nation and her husband dies and both of her sons die. And she feels cursed because she was like, mm-hmm. I done messed up. I went to a cursed land, but again, you, it doesn't, if you don't know the background of the story, you don't get why Naomi is like, you, you're better off, Naomi. I mean, uh, Ruth, just not being around me. God is obviously mm-hmm. mad at me. So, I'm, but I'm just going to go home and die. And Ruth mm-hmm. says, no. And because of Ruth's faith and Ruth, even though she maybe didn't see the best example, I don't know. But because of Ruth, a Moabite, a cursed nation, because of her faithfulness, not because she was pretty, she maybe she was pretty, but 
the book of Ruth never says she was pretty. <laughs> Which, yeah. you know, and this is another thing I love about the story, is Rebecca has a great character, but it lets us know how pretty she is. You know, Sarah has a great mm -hmm. character and lets us know even at 90 years old, oh, she's hot and all the guys want to be with her. Like, like, <laughs> but for Ruth, it's just about her heart. It's just mm -hmm. about her character. And it's so central that she is, is redeemed by Boaz and she's in the line of the Messiah. I know. Which, by the way, Jesus isn't fully Jewish. Uh, so he, he, she's, he's, she's in the line of the Messiah. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and who is it, Matthew or Luke? One of them points it out. Matthew, Matthew. points it out in the genealogy. He's like, well, remember her? Mm -hmm. And God showed, and, and I'm yeah. meditating on this story, and I'm like, why is Ruth in there? Like, right. In, like, there's only one reason why Ruth is in there, and that's at the end of it. And Rahab. And Rahab. But, the, but there's only one reason why Ruth is in there. Rahab makes sense in the Old Testament because she helps them beat Jericho. But this whole book, mm -hmm. based on one woman in the, in, an, in the ancient world, you know how rare that was to have a whole book where the mm -hmm. woman is the hero and the main character, and she's not a villain? Right. <laughs> right? And and she's from and uh, the whole thing is just phenomenal. But why is it in there? And it says at the end of Ruth because because David was in that line. So in other words, here's what I think happened. David told somebody this story, and David made sure her name was known. Mm. That's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because why would it be written in the book unless at some point David says, look, guys, I'm going to tell you a story. <laughs> and this is how yeah. it is. It's so there's Jesus in all of it. And Boaz, the redeemer, the kinsman redeemer and and yeah. and and, and the and the inclusion place. of the gen of a of a cursed gentile within this whole story right. and all of this stuff it's like, that's just one of the many examples when you go back and you read mm -hmm. what's in the old testament you're like god hasn't changed mm -hmm. he's revealed more of who he is through christ in the beginning was the word so he's he fulfilled he he's showing exactly who he is a little bit more but he right. and 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 there's some hiddenness to it in the old testament but now because of the holy spirit and because we have christ it's like you start to see this stuff and you realize man it's not interconnected it's not like god was the the angry god and now he's happy and then you know like it's like like this whole idea it's like anyway so it, it makes me passionate because again it gives yeah. us a lot of examples and stories that we can inspire people and say, no, you're not. If Rahab can be included because of her faith, mm -hmm. and really it was just a really simple, it wasn't, I mean, whatever, but it wasn't like this huge right. thing. And, and Ruth, like, if these people can be included because of their faith, anybody can. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's what the New right. Testament is trying to tell us. Um, right. And I love that Matthew starts out with that oh, genealogy so and, and even the first words, I mean, the first few words, he's saying, you know, son of David, very yep. messianic yep. phrase. 
son of Abraham, again, very messianic phrase. And so we see his, we see those roots, we see, and then you see that he was, hey, he had ancestors that were slaves. He had ancestors that were murderers, adulterers, you know, whatever, prostitutes, whatever. And we see this is a line that Jesus came from. I had somebody say, oh, my gosh, I don't want to write on Matthew first or Matthew one. You know, how can I even uh, how can I even talk about that? I'm like, look uh, at, it's beautiful. Look at, we think about our family yeah. line and it's like, look at our family line. Is it worse than Jesus family line? I, I don't think so. You know, I don't think it's it's worse. Any of us could have anything as with all of that. Well, well and. Because I've taught about, obviously, I've taught the genealogy of Matthew as well. But but Matthew goes through the different promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't stop with Moses. Uh, but he goes no. from Abraham to David mm-hmm. to, because he says there's four, whatever, 14 generations, right? He 14 says there's Abraham to David to the exile. In other words, the promise of the new covenant. That's that's why he. It was always. That's why he chooses it. That and then now to Christ. So that so he's showing Mm -hmm. the lineage from the the promise to Abraham to Christ, and that and that Mm -hmm. it uh, it does that it goes through David, through the promise of the new covenant. Um, And again, there's so much there. Where God yeah, God says to the is. prophets through the prophets, He says, "No longer will you be those who I redeemed out of Egypt. You'll be the people I redeemed out of Babylon." Mm. He changed. He he changes the deliverance, and then you wonder mm-hmm. why in Revelation the bad guy is Babylon. It's like no, he's it's all connected, you know, and mm-hmm. and there's a redemption and a restoration that has to happen. From all the the junk that we've been involved, all of our ancestors have been Absolutely. involved in, and, and so anyway, it's just so beautiful. and that's what he's doing. It's a story of yes. restoring and redeeming, and it's a beautiful story. It's a beautiful story, and and you don't get the whole picture if you just stay in the New Testament. You just don't well, get the whole. Yeah, you're only getting half. Well, and that's that. like to me. Okay, so I love the Lord of the Rings. So I'm an author and I'm a writer, mm-hmm. and I write fantasy. I write. And I write, you know, teaching sort of books like we were reborn for this. But, you know, I love Lord of the Rings. But that would be like saying, mm-hmm. let's just watch Return of the King. Mm-hmm. Like there's like you, you, you don't get the full story that way. There's two oh, whole movies of death and and overcoming and battle and and and. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be an enjoyable movie. You would enjoy it. And you, but yeah. But man, it, when you watch all three movies and you see Frodo say goodbye to Sam at the very end of three movies after all that they've been through, you cry because, yeah. you know, John Eldred says we love those stories because we were, we were made to be a part of those stories. We were made to mm-hmm. be part of an epic story. And, and, and I think helping people see the epicness of the story is, is, yes, import, exactly. is, is important to me. And I think it helps, it helps encourage us mm-hmm. because it is difficult to live as 
exiles under Babylon. And we are still mm -hmm. doing that. And that's who the New Testament was written mm -hmm. to. And when you understand that that's who we are, that we are aliens and strangers and we are, you know, all of those sort of ideas from the New Testament, you start to really mm -hmm. see, man, oh, you know, it, it, it gives you hope, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I agree. And and I heard a quote that said, if the church doesn't know who she was, she can't good. know who she is Amen. and will be. Amen. So. But um, so we don't have much time, but do you want to give a little plug for your book? We were reborn for this. Yeah. So this is a lot, a lot that goes into this, but basically a large portion of my life and ministry has been, I take it from the movie Hook. You, you know, you ever seen the movie Hook with Robin Williams? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we all know the basic setup, you know, Peter Pan has grown up. And he's now a pirate and his children have been, his children have been taken by Captain Hook, the, the villain from another world. <laughs> and Wendy, and he calls the police, but they can't do anything. And Wendy opens up a book of ancient, supposedly fairy tales and says that she says, Peter, don't you know who you are? You have to save your kids. You have to save them. And I feel like that's been the bulk of my ministry for 15, 20 years is don't you know who you are? You were born again that all the brokenness we see in the world, because we actually have something Daniel didn't. We have the Holy Spirit within us. We actually have something. Jesus says about John that he's the greatest of all people born of women, which is all people. Um, all people born of women, he's the greatest. John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. But the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. There's a difference. There's a difference. The Holy Spirit makes a difference. And that's that's something that that as far as the indwelling new creation that's a different thing and that's why the new testament had to be written because they, you can't it's, it, it, it there might be pictures of it in the old but it's a totally new thing and so but we are we are the we are god's solution to the brokenness of the world we see around us he put his spirit inside of us because now he says, it's good that I go away because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. Like this is actually instead of one Jesus. Now we have a billion Jesuses running around and the, and, and the lie of the enemy is to tell you you're not. Mm -hmm. if, he's because he can't change it. He can't undo it. And so, right. but he can make us, but believe he can lie to us and say, no, you're not. You have no power to change anything. And so I wrote a book called We Were Reborn for This to, to, to try to, to empower us with the reality that we have been born again from the spirit, from the work of God to go into the broken, chaotic lives of the people around us in our neighborhoods and our families and speak hope and creativity and life and 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 be generous and and bring that bring that reality to earth um 
Mm-hmm. And, and, and not in a sense of we're going to run everything and become president, uh, but in the sense of to bear witness of this, of an age to come, uh, that gives people mm-hmm. hope Amen. to preach that, to live the kingdom gospel, um, that the kingdom is here. Um, you know, the, the, the kingdom, the kingdom of God gives food to the hungry. <laughs> and so mm-hmm. when we do it, we're, 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 we're speaking of a different right. world. Uh, we're speaking of a different reality, uh, where, where mm-hmm. the poor have the, the gospel preached to them, the lame walk, mm-hmm. the blind see. And so that's who we mm-hmm. are and that's our mission and that's our privilege. And that's our, that's our joy. Like that will actually give us joy, mm-hmm. that intimacy and purpose. And so I, I go through right. three different parts. I use the narrative of, cause I'm a storyteller. So I use the narrative of Lazarus to talk about the three different elements of living as the reborn people of God. So I go through everything from how we engage the world. What does it mean to be a new creation? And and then how that affects discipleship and spiritual formation. So that was a big, long, that wasn't an elevator pitch. That was not an elevator pitch. I'm no. sorry. <laughs> that's okay. But that's definitely a good, uh, sounds really good. So, and I will leave a link for that too. So um, anyone listening will be able to find his website. And you have tons of articles. I saw that you wrote for Focus on the Family, and I guess you probably still write for Focus on the Family, Christian, um, Christianity.com and Crosswalk. Christianity.com and Bible Study Tools. So you have a lot of of articles out there. So yeah, good. So I appreciate you being on, and it's been a pleasure. I've enjoyed it. As you can tell, I love it. I love talking about it. I love love seeing Jesus in all the nooks and crannies. It's fun. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I am exactly like that. So I totally get it. So thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find me at graftedjewishroots.com. Please check out my Bible study, Jewels of Hebrews, on my website. And I also have a Facebook page under the same name. Join me every Wednesday for a new episode of Grafted Jewish Roots of Christianity. Thank you for listening.